Hey, uh, good uh, good morning, listeners. How are you today on this Saturday? Uh, if you're if you're up yet, I hope uh, you enjoying the smell of the coffee. You enjoy your cup of tea, spending time with the loved ones. You know, taking care of the chores that you need to do. Big shout out to Spotify for podcasters. Great way to start your own podcast, folks. You know, I'm telling you, man, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. You know, um, I think you'll enjoy it too. It's very it's a great hobby. You're gonna meet a lot of nice people, too. Anyway, um, I'm just trying to tone it down. As you could see, you know, I'm not as upbeat as I normally. Yeah, you know, it's just, it was getting a little crazy. I know when I'm getting manic, and like you know, you guys have been listening. You see the many, many moods. Like anybody else, you guys have your moods too. You know, maybe you can relate. Ups and downs, ups and downs. But I got a few songs I'm gonna play, and we're gonna you know tell a little story about your song. It'll be about a half an hour episode. I'm doing it on the uh, computer right now. So we're, we're up to episode 44. Uh, I know, what did I wrote? Uh, something about public. Oh, public radio. Yes. This is free public radio, right? Not pubic radio. Not, <laughs> but cu- and cubic in size, but large in spirit. That's right. I had some other stuff to write about. But ah, I don't like to get too juvenile with those words. Pubic, get the hell public pubic. Anyway, um, what else? A little comedy, little little comedy talk here for anybody who's interested in the comedy scene, or anybody who might be a comedian out there. You know, I I used to I've hit the open mics on and off throughout my life, and um, you know, there are two different types of open mics out there. There's the kind which I find to be very impersonal, the huge ones where you have like 30 comics all waiting, you know, and the MC becomes like a, like a loud vaudeville. You, you can't even approach them. They're so busy. There's, you know, the heads gets big. They, they yell. They, they, they're so busy grandstanding. You can't even approach them. They become a larger life figure. You can't even walk up. And they're so busy. You got people around them. And by the time you get on stage, <laughs> you're lucky you get three minutes and anybody's paying attention to you. Honestly, I mean, sometimes you're lucky you go up earlier. If you're a favorite or you win the lottery, whatever. This is what, this, these are the large open mics. Then you got the smaller ones, the tiny ones, where you only have like three or four comics, which could be nice, but often they're not nice, especially if you're a newer or a stranger. Because you, you go to open mic, you don't go there just to pr- work out. You go there for a sense of community. You go to support each other. You go to smile and joke around. And some of these you go there, and each comic's just sitting in the corner. You know, unapproachable. You get like, don't come up to me. Looking over the notes, looking over the phone. You'll give the guy, get the, the bartender to say anything more to you. Can I have a drink? And I think like the, a, an environment where you want to be laughing and making jokes, you know, and having fun should have a sense of community. And, and let's put it this way, folks. Most open mics, I don't get a sense of spiritual, my spirits. And I get this word from my father because he used to talk about all the time how he used to go to synagogue. He never got a sense of spirituality from our synagogue. Maybe that's why I stopped, stopped going to synagogue for that reason. I remember one time there was this guy I knew at an open mic, and I know he overheard someone talking to me, you know, like, uh, uh, oh, you're a comedian? He, and and, and he, just, he jumped in because, oh, he's an open mic comedian. Comedian, I mean, like, he's not really a comedian. I don't count. I'm just an open mic comedian. Yeah, you know what? I am an open mic comedian. Yeah, I was never offered a spot in the show, but it doesn't make mean I'm not a comedian, okay? Uh, I, I shouldn't be even thinking about this guy. He's just another fucking moron from the scene. 
Another one who just cares, you know, out to make a profit, just out to make money or looking to get laid. You know, how about just helping, making friends, always trying to make a buck off of people and be a brown nose ass kisser promoter, individual in the land of Canaan 2,000 years ago. Anyway, one good thing about being in the scene, no one's really going to listen to what you're saying anyway, unless you jump up and down. You know, you could like somebody, another comedian on Facebook, you know, you could you could look at their stuff and like it and comment and they'll thank you or like what you wrote, but they won't even look at your page of what you've done because it's all about them. And it's not just comedians, it's podcasters, it's people, it's families, it's the world in general. Yeah, well, these are my views, okay? Everybody has their viewpoint. This is the way I see that. And I'm telling my story. And, and, and as I go through these episodes, my story might change. I might come on tomorrow and be all happy and friendly, you know? But this is the way I'm feeling today with the alienation and the, pr the pressure, okay, I'm feeling in my life, you know, I can't help but thinking, and you get scooed vision sometimes. Uh, what else can I tell you? I hate to say this, I'm very anti-family, okay? I've always been trying to get away from families since I, 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 I can remember. To me, family is just toxic people who manipulate you, pit you up against each other, go and talk you into doing something, and then turn around and say, I, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to listen to me. You, you didn't have to. This is what family is. And I've wasted half a century of my life caught in this prison. It is prison. It's nice, you know, like a lot of comics bring, how their families come see them or how their families listen to. I don't tell my family about these things. I hope they don't find me. If they find me, they find me. I'm not going to stop doing this, but I won't tell them about these episodes because they're part of the problem. They're one, one of the reasons why. They're the fuel. I should actually thank you, them. They're the fuel. That's making me want to get on here and tell my personal promise. I have no one else to talk to. I have nobody can call. Mental health professionals are full of shit. All they care about a dollar, just like comedians. You tell friends, they, oh, I don't know why you do it. It's your problem. You tell your own family, they're the ones who play Chinese games and pick you. See, everybody is an asshole, folks. Anyway, listen, let's stop talking assholes and play some music because of, um, I need to, you know, I, and you need to hear some music. You don't want to hear me babbling and, we're going to make it happen. So this first song is called If. It's by um, Bread, a, a band called Bread, 19, early 1970s. David Gates and I forgot the other gentleman. I'm sorry to the other gentleman. I'm sorry. I forgot your name. But look up Bread. Great band. And the name, very mellow stuff. Uh, this song is called If. I forgot the words. But uh, around 1974, I would say, so If. You ready, guys? Here we go. Hey, I'm sorry for a couple notes. You know, I, I thought I had it right. What can I tell? What else can I tell you? Thank you. Thank you for sticking around and putting up my trump. I have trumpet shame. I am so ashamed of myself and this trumpet. I don't know if it's me. Although I remember one time when I was in middle school, junior, some kid grabbed my trumpet and started playing it on the lunch table. I started crying. I guess because it was a part of me. 
Maybe it was like taking a part of my heart and playing it. And that's why I was crying. I don't know. But this is the way people reacted. I used to live with a toxic family member. He used to cover the ears and yell at me. Says it's obnoxious me playing. I played in public. People are either indifferent or uninterested, or they just tell me, can you tone it down? You know, that's why I don't talk. I, I, I don't talk about it. I don't talk about it. But I'm starting to play. But I play. I don't play live. I just record and I put it out there. I record and I play, but I don't, I don't want to see immediate reactions from people because their immediate reactions usually make me feel bad and make me ashamed. So I'm playing for you guys. Thank you. Thank you for putting up. I had to play the mute because I don't want anybody to hear it in the other apartment. Not, not that it's bad. I'm so ashamed. I'm ashamed of the trumpet. Okay? I feel ashamed. You try to join bands on Facebook. No, we want a guitar. We want a keyboard. You put trumpet or no, they don't answer. No. So... I'm just going to keep it a dirty little secret. No one has to know about it. But I want to play. What the hell? I'll leave it. Maybe one day. Oh, when I'm dead. There you go. Okay, we'll listen to it then. Hey, I listened to 1930s jazz. Why not? They're dead, but thank you. Thank you for leaving me music. I enjoy Charlie Parker and Louis Armstrong and Lionel Hampton and uh, Donald Byrd and Count Basie and Thelonious Monk and Sonny Rollins and uh, Max Roach and did I say Charlie Parker already? And Harry James and Art Farmer and uh, damn, I'm starting to forget. It'll come back to me. Dizzy Gillespie, yeah. The next, uh, oh, how about a little Mister Rogers, right? Because we need some community. You know, Mister Rogers, a TV show. All right, what the nine minutes and four? Let me take a sip of Monster. Get ready for this one. Orange Monster, Breakfast of Champions, guys. This song here is um Mister Rogers. Great show. He influenced me. And using my imagination and talking to imaginary audiences. Oh, Mr. Rogers. That's a good model. That's a good role. He was a pretty decent guy. This song is, um, these are the people in your neighborhood. And I used to make a song of my cat. We had a cat. And we used to say, uh, I, I, I put the words and I used to say, um, like the song is, these are the people in your neighborhood. But I used to sing, a hot dog is a member of your community. In your community, do, 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 do. My kids used to laugh. I can't even joke around with them. One hasn't talked to me in almost five years. And the other one is draining me in all kinds of ways. Emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and financially. That's why I couldn't even tell this, these, my family about the podcast. I can't talk about it with them because they all plot me against the other. It's a horrible situation to be in. I hate families. I really fucking hate families. Anyway, here we go. Be a, I want to be free and alone while I can. Free, totally free of them. Because they're not good for the soul, really. I don't say, well, always people hang around their families. They treat everybody like shit and push everybody away when they probably hate each other anyway. Bring that to the communes. Even that probably ends up being bullshit after a while, too. Everything's bullshit. People are bullshit, okay? We're not wired right or no, we're wired right. We just never read the, the training manual, the, the manual, the owner's manual. We didn't use the owner's manual. These are the people in your neighborhood. Thank <laughs> you. 
Da, da, na, 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 da. I, I just I I wrote the notes wrong. I just kind of lost the rhythm. I don't know like what each note does. I have to. It's kind of hard to explain. You read it, and when you play, you write it down. But then you try to read it back. It just doesn't seem the same. And that's why I'm getting the wrong notes, folks. We're gonna try this last line I wrote and see what that means. It's with the E and a D. What was that gonna do with the E, D, and the E? Let's see what happened. I don't know what the hell, why did I write that? I don't know. I, this is embarrassing. I should be ashamed to play. You're right. She goddamn ashamed. Thank God these are practice tapes. All right. This is from, um, oh, you know what? Did I do same time next year? This is a good one. Now, if I screw this up, I'm really getting mad. This is from a movie. It's a beautiful movie. And we're going to kill a few minutes talking about it. So that's good. We can, these going to be, oh, yeah, I told you half hour episodes on the PC. Well, uh, this song is from the movie same time next year i believe there was a play and a movie i believe it came out around 1978 and the movie starred uh, alan alda and ellen burston and it's a story about um a couple who meet i don't know a convention or what have you they're both married right and they meet some convention and they they have a fair they have a one-night stand and for whatever reason uh they decide to meet again Next year, just once a year, once a year they meet for this um, this uh, romance. And then throughout the years, you see them go through phases and change. Like like Ellen Burstyn, for a while, she's a hippie, and she's like talking badly about Barry Goldwater in the 1970s. And then at one point, Alan Alda's upset, and we find out he has a son named Michael who gets killed in Vietnam. And like each time, like between the years, between the visits, you see like black and white photos and it shows like how the world is changing, the Vietnam War, Nixon and everything. And then Johnny Mathis sings a song, Holo, da 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 I think we lost Johnny Mathis. I could be wrong, but I think we lost him a few years. A great singer, Johnny Mathis in the Brooklyn Bridge. So we're going to sing, uh, sing, play the song, same time next year, from the movie, same time next year, you know, who was originally sung by Johnny Mathis. And I hope I get this right. It seems pretty simple. We'll give the old college try, folks. My lips are getting tired. So when we got a few minutes to talk, do I have another song I wanted to play? I did These Are The People. Uh, oh, I got two other. Did I do the chase theme from Midnight Express? I didn't do that yet. And I didn't do the lecture company either. My lips are tired. Let's talk a little bit. What can we talk about? Uh, yeah, they're the ones who drive me crazy. We know that bit. Something else I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was watching a, um, a well-known comedian on TV. And he was just saying that, you know, 
He almost became a sanitation worker. You know, just a kid didn't make it, you know, his backup plan was to become a sanitation worker. You know, a family member was on his back. And I thought about it because I took the sanitation exam too, man. I took it in 2007. <laughs> and I already was a state worker. I had a profession. <laughs> I was a case. I don't know why. Just a backup. I'm OCD. I guess I was also tired of the work I did too. It was it's very emotionally stressful. I wanted a well-paying, good-paying job with benefits where I didn't have to deal with people's lives. And I could have transferred my pension into the city. And I took the test, but, you know, sanitation exam, folks, so many people want that job. You got to have extra points. I think I got a 93, which is a, a decent score. But you got to get at least a 120, really. You got a veteran's points at this point, residency points. I remember the test. I remember taking the test. You had like all these trucks in the garage with diagrams, and you had to check up which is the right diagram, like how the trucks were lined up. And I remember like it was outside of this high school. It was a technical high school in Brooklyn. And I swear to God, the line wrapped around the block. And I remember after the test, you know, I, 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 in the 2007, I was just about to relapse with the weed. I was coming off a 17-year hiatus from smoking weed. I just drank. <laughs> and I remember after, after the uh, exam, just to reward myself, I don't know, lunchtime, 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm drinking an old English 800. But, you know, in New York City, you know, you can't drink an open container uh, on the street. So I, I, I was eating plantains, you know, plantain chips. So I had the empty bag of the plantain chips. I put the beer in there, and I was sipping the beer out of the – and I remember I was talking to some guy in a bicycle, a random guy. Funny thing, about a year later, I saw the same guy riding his bicycle in Queens, other side of the city, riding his bike. I recognized him. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't recognize me. He was riding on a bike. It's funny how you remember people. You notice them, and you could be invisible. I like the invisibility. It's a nice feeling, you know. I think I would miss that if I became too well-known. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that test, I took the test, man. And uh, whatever, I didn't become – I'm glad I didn't become a sanitation worker because of – um. It's hell and body, man. These guys, these folks, they unless you become a dispatcher or something, they have all kinds of degenerative neck problems and shoulder problems and back problems. They could feel when the winter's coming. It's, 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 it wreaks havoc on your body doing physical labor. The constant grinding of the kneecaps. You end up having your knees replaced and your hips replaced. It's, if you can avoid any kind of repetitive lifting or bending, do it, folks. The body is not meant for that kind. I know. we got to make a living. I know because the because the scumbags on top hogging all the money and being, that's part of the problem, folks. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Anyway, another sip of this good monster energy. Hold on. Mm. Anyway, this is, um, oh, you, what else do you want to talk about? You want to play another song? All right. Do I have lips for this? This is from the movie Midnight Express. I told you, Chase theme. Uh, the main character, Billy Hayes. Played by, well, all right, Midnight Express is a, the true story of William Hayes, William Hayes, who went to Turkey with his girlfriend, I believe, in 1970, 1970, and he got the bright idea of smuggling some hash out on the plane so that he can go home and make some money, you know, understandably, but he didn't realize that Turkey is not exactly America. <laughs> they don't exactly have the same, you know, liberal laws that we do. And he got himself in a, I don't know, you have to see the movie, he got himself a mountain of shit. He got himself a 30-year sentence. Luckily, he was able to escape. But early in the movie, he tries to escape, you know, and it doesn't work out. And uh, the cop who uh, 
catches him, points a gun at his head and said, you seem like a nice enough kid, Billy, but you try that again and I'll blow your head straight off. So the chase theme in the movie when Billy Hayes is trying to get away, uh, you got to see the scene. Here it goes. And it goes dun 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 dun. I just didn't bother to figure that shit out. I was just being too lazy. Uh, what else you want to talk about? Let's talk about corporate, you know, corporate stuff, corporatization. Um, yeah, I talked about family already. Let's talk about corporatization. I knew an individual from way back one. This individual is just like a writer, you know, a big league writer. I guess one of those writers who was in strike, whatever. It's kind of impressed. I'm impressed by any writer. But then I realized, I don't know why, I just picked up it. Suddenly I sensed it at the fo- watching this person on social media. Not that this person knows who I am or would follow me back, but <laughs> it's been too long and just the world they live in, you know, part of being invisible. But anyway, I realized there's something, someone, something called a corporatized writer. Not everybody, every writer is a free spirit and artistic and down to earth. Some writers belong to the plat. I just sensed it. I haven't talked to the individual. I just got the sense by looking at their social media, you know, just their postings. It's just them and their pet, them and their pet. And the amount of followed, you know, not following too many people being followed by certain. It's just the world they or keep constantly just reposting or talking about the gigs they did, you know, the movies they wrote or the projects they were involved in. And I began to realize this person isn't a cool writer. This isn't someone who talk about weird things. This is not someone who goes into it. This is someone who is part of a corporate world, right? So this is not a free spirit. This is a, a business person. This is a corporatized writer. And there's all kinds of corporatization. There's um, this corporatized talk show host. You see it all the time, you know, with, with their political agenda, whatever, you know, the, the networks tell them to say, or they'll be fired, right? This corporatized um, healthcare. You go into a medical facility. First, they want to know what kind of insurance. If you don't have a co-payment, you can't be seen. They don't even make smile, make conversation. Everything is just, you try to make a joke, it just goes over the head. They keep typing. Corporatized healthcare, corporatized behavior. Um, you know, I can go on and on how corporatized things are. You know, but I came to, I didn't, never thought of writers being corporatized, but I realized there are. Not every writer is cool. You know, what are you going to do? What happened to the human race? I think they're always screwed from the beginning from the time Eve ate that apple. And so maybe we screw before she ate the apple. I don't know. One other, one other song here. Now, anybody who knows the actor Morgan Freeman, and there were other actors too, I just can't remember. But like I, I first knew Morgan Freeman as Easy Rider from uh, The Electric Company in the early 70s. He was a cool dude, man. He's probably 20 years younger than I am now. With his denim jacket and his radio and his all those kinds of stuff. But um, I remember The Electric Company, the song. It was something like this uh, we're going to bring on the power. Do, 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 do. We're the electric company. We're the electric company. So I'm going to try to play that song. And then um, and we'll call it quits, man. But look, this is good. You need a more, a kinder, gentler podcast. You don't need to be me here. Unless you want to hear me going heavy metal all the time. I don't know how good that is for you. I don't know how good that is for me. I think we need to temper with some regular conversation right now. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to be a human being, you know. 
and figure things out and kind of disconnect from the toxic people who try to mess your mind and plot you against each other. It's a horrible, horrible way to live. Anyway, uh, Electric Company, here we go. Listen, I did it. Let's see what time. What, how are we up to in terms of time, folks? Hey, not bad. 25 minutes. That's pretty decent. We did a decent job. Hey, if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. I'm trying. I'm trying to, not to get high today. There's two things I could do tonight. I could be working if they call me for a shift, or there's like a, something going on. There's a comedy thing. I saw one of the comedy pages. Somebody invited people over to a comedy show, and I'm going to go and check it out. The individual you know, attractive female, younger than me, you know, an adult. Now, in the past, you know, I would never think of young women as, you know, a tra- someone, a, a possible match with me because, you know, I always think like a father and, and sometimes they hit on me, they've hit on me and right away I would cock block myself and say, oh, you know, uh, oh, my daughter, or my, but you know what? Screw it. <laughs> my kids <sighs> treat me like shit anyway. And if I'm, hey, 25-year-old girl, girl throws herself and flirts at me. I might not. I might go for it. But I'm going to have fun either way. Either way, I'm going to go out and work and meet new people, or I'm going to go to this party and just try it out. Go smile and say hello. It can't hurt. If I don't talk to anybody else, drive home, and I kill two hours, and I didn't get high. How do you like them apples, folks? All right, 26 minutes and 20 seconds. Thanks for tuning in. Listen to Enjoy your Saturday. I'm just looking for the arrow so I can press stop recording. Last word.